0: <laughs> Mama.
1: Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast, the podcast for busy parents, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks to make parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Becca U. Lewis.
2: Hi everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle five, mom of two. And I'm, of course, with my co-host, Becca Lewis.
0: Hi, Becca. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, everyone. I'm Becca, the co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We're excited for another opportunity to learn and grow with our kids today. Let's welcome another wonderful guest to help us do that.
2: Yes. So today we're talking about common physical conditions in kids with Darian Cantello. Darian is a physiotherapist resident at Playwork Physio in Port Moody. So, hi, Darian, and welcome to Parent
1: Talk Podcast. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast today. This is my first podcast experience. So, I'm so excited that it gets to be with Parent Talk
2: awesome. You're welcome. Let's dive into today's topic. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about here. So um, what are the most common conditions you see as a pediatric uh, physio?
1: Yeah, so some of the most common ones that we see here at Playworks would be like plagiocephaly and torticollis, which we'll talk about a bit more. Um, We get lots of heel and knee pain kiddos here as well. We also see kind of those early development ones where there's issues with crawling or walking um, or not rolling or kind of differences in how they do walk when they do start walking. Those are kind of the common things that we typically see here at Playworks.
0: Okay. Oh, interesting. Now, w- for listeners that don't know, what is torticollis and what is plagiocephaly? And what does a physio session typically look like for, for these conditions?
1: for sure so plagiocephaly is basically the flattening of the head um so torticollis is kind of a fancy name for just shortening and tightening of neck muscles Um, So basically what this is, is that when babies are born, their skulls are just a bit more malleable. So they allow for room to grow, but that does mean that they're more susceptible to pressure spots. So since babies don't have very good head control and they can't really lift up, they're kind of lying flat on one side or the other most of the time. So that leaves them susceptible to a flat spot kind of on either side. In combination with that, we get torticollis where those neck muscles shorten. So sometimes this is from the way that they're lying on the ground or from feeding. That's actually one of the most common ones that we get. Um, Typically for moms, it's good because if breastfeeding, they're switching side to side naturally just due to their milk production. But for dads who are holding baby, often they have like one way. They really like to hold the baby. And then that causes them to turn one way all the time. So that's shortening that muscle in there. So that's what that torticollis looks like. These kind of come together as like a chicken or an egg situation. We're not sure which ones come first in often cases, but we know they're in combination. So we can help by eliminating both of them by doing a bunch of different things in physio. So a physio session will involve some measurements of the little baby's head, um, seeing where that flat spot is, kind of checking their neck. And then we just do a lot of education. A lot of times this is like more tummy time and alternating sides for feeding. So torticollis um, usually can resolve by some light stretching and stuff like that. Plagiocephaly is the only one that we have a real time crunch for. So up until 12 months, their head is moving so much and growing so much that it should resolve if we do these things early on. If we wait too much longer, we actually have to do more aggressive treatments, things like helmeting. Um, And although they look super cute in their little helmets, we we really want to limit that if we can. So if there are concerns about this, if you see your baby might have one spot that looks a little flat, the earlier the better for this. We can help and send you on the right path chances are you're doing a lot of stuff right. And it's just one thing that we can help to kind of educate on to send you in the right direction.
0: Now, when the like babies have those flat spots, like what is the problem with having a a, a flat spot that that needs treatment?
1: Yeah, so often um, since their heads are so malleable, they grow to kind of around that flat spot, right? So if we have a flat spot here in the back of my head, baby skulls don't know that they need to grow out that way. They just know that they need to grow so, they actually end up growing forward. So, often we'll get um, them come in and they'll have kind of a forward forehead here, which we call bossing, which is just a fancy word for kind of a little pushed out spot here. And actually, it can change their ears too. So, we'll see one ear come forward a little bit, their cheekbone a little bit forward. So, that's why we wanna work on this while we can. So, that way we can give the baby's head development the best tools possible.
2: Mm. I can talk on this because my son actually was born with a fat spot. So I was told it was maybe the way. He was um, maybe a little stuck because it was a bit hard to come out you know I'm sure (laughs) everybody know about that but yeah he was born with a flat spot so the minute then he was out I could see his head on one side was flat and of course we watched for torticollis Uh, There were he was followed uh, at the hospital actually and um, I wasn't recommended to go for uh, the helmet he did grow into it but when I really pay attention if I look I can still see it a little bit and he's five but it's very slight it's very minor and it's just a little bit of a flat spot so i cannot see any changes anywhere else on his head or face or anything like this but uh, this is something that i had to keep an eye on and um i actually i'm the one that pointed it to the doctor so that's a, that's a flat spot you know what, what are we doing about this and yeah so i think as a parent you have to advocate for yourself and if you feel it's not right or you're not sure yes talk to your doctor talk to your physio and take action right
1: Definitely. Yeah. Often moms are the best advocate. They know better than anybody. They are looking at that little one and they're examining every little inch of them. Right. So they know better. And yeah, like you said, often once they kind of get their hair growing in, everything seems to, if they do have a little wee of a flat spot, like your little one, it's not all that noticeable. And you're probably the only one who notices because you're looking at it with mom eyes, but yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about janky crawl. I heard about this before. I would like if we can talk about this. So how can pediatric help with that condition?
1: For sure. So our janky crawl is an asymmetrical crawl. So this one typically is kind of that leg coming under and one leg out. So some might refer to it as kind of a tripod crawl. They kind of scoot with their left leg while their other one's kind of underneath or vice versa. So pediatric physio can help a lot with this because often there's something behind the crawl, like what's the why to why they're doing the janky crawl. So we are movement experts in this. So we can find out if it's tight hips, if it's a muscle imbalance, or if it's a movement patterning problem, Um, we can help by getting to kind of the root of the problem and then working that way. So often we actually will see this in kiddos who were a previous torticollis baby. So those shortened muscles here, We kind of think of our body as like a full chain. Um, We'll see those problems down the line. So we can get that this was short and then this was short and then hips are tight. So we can kind of see how those early, early days can play into this development as they crawl. Um, So crawling is an awesome milestone. Some people may overlook it. It kind of gets pushed to the side for those little ones who roll through it really quickly. Um, often we see this in kids who are like chasing after their older sibling or chasing after their dog, right? They don't spend that long crawling. They seem to just get right up and start running. Um, but we do want to spend time crawling. Basically, we want to just give all kiddos a chance to develop in a ton of different positions. So if your kiddo did skip crawling for whatever reason, um, it's not too late. kind of practice crawling even as a two three year old get them going through some tunnels that kind of fun stuff this can just help develop their shoulders their hips and their core to be really really strong and helps just with their visual input kind of seeing the world in a different view which just helps them be more of a well-rounded developed kid um if they do have this janky crawl some say they might grow out of it they might but they also might cause further problems down the road. So, if they do have a problem like this, there's no harm in getting it checked out by a pediatric physio where we can really dive in to say, okay, I think it was from the hip, right? And then we can we can focus in. So, we can help get the janky crawl moving a bit better because that one when you see it, you're like, there's got to be an easier way to move from point A to point B, and they just haven't quite figured it out yet. So, we can help to kind of make that point A to point B look a little bit smoother.
0: That's really cool. So yeah, good, good to know, you know, get it checked out, you know, if you have a question, even though it's cute, <laughs> get it checked out Um, in case it's something that can, you know, bo- bother them in the future or cause other issues. Now, some kids, they, um, they seem to have like pain in their heels or in their knees. What are some
1: of the causes of that? Definitely. Yeah, we see that a lot here. Um, So the first thing that I do want to say is that we don't need an injury to come to physio, which is often talked about as adults, we think, okay, I have back pain, I go see my physio, we want to make things easier for kids, we want to help them go through those development milestones as easily and as smoothly as they can. So if it's, um, we don't even Recommend they go. They don't have to be in pain to come, but we do unfortunately get some kiddos who are in pain when they come to see us. Um, with that, we often see the heel and knee pain. That one's like super common. And I will say, back to school time, we see it even more. They're getting back into their sports and they're back playing with their friends again, and they just don't know how to slow down. Um, since COVID, we've actually seen quite a few more coming back this year. I mean, it's been like a year and a half without any of their like fun sports and their recess time. And now they're so excited to be back that they're just playing as hard as they can. So as adults, we know that if I get tired, I should slow down. Kids, kids don't do that. Um, and as all the moms listening know, their kids are probably running until they're hitting the ground sleeping at night. Right? So these kiddos, um, We just need to give more awareness to why and how that pain is happening and that pain is a warning signal they don't quite get that yet because they're busy playing with their friends they don't want to slow down but some of the reasons we might see the pain if we do um, often just come from the demands that growing places on them heel pain is one we often see in that pre-puberty age Um, kind of our 10 to 12 year olds we see a lot of heel pain Um, it's called sever's disease, which some people may have heard about if they've had a little one go through it, but it's basically just from the stress that the tendon places on the heel. So we can do some things to help limit their pain and to help turn on some other muscles that might not be working as hard. Um, the other ones that we see are kind of that knee pain. And I actually have a lot of kids right now on my caseload with this. So they kind of collapse in on their feet, which then causes more stress on the inside of their knee. So that can be for a number of reasons. It could be shoes. It could be hips. It could be core. So we do some really fun stuff here to kind of keep them engaged and we're play-based here. So my hip and core games for these kids, like we're having fun. We're like swinging and we're sitting on a a fancy ball and throwing things at the mirror. Like we make it fun. Um, but that's kind of the the causes of it is hips and core typically are just not supporting down the line. So the more that we can kind of help with that stuff early on, again, like we're saying kind of that preventative measure is, is really what, what I'm looking for in a physio is I, I, I don't like when my kiddos come in in pain, right? I want to, I want to help them before the pain. So ideally I never want to see kids in pain, but it it is a little bit of the job. So when they do come in, I'm helping bring awareness to why they're in pain and why if they're moving so, so, so fast all day long and they never rest, why their bodies might be a little bit tired with all this growing they're doing.
2: Mm, Yeah. I always said sometimes it can be a little bit sad when people are, when kids are sore, right? Mm. Mm. Part of the job. Okay. Well, now I want to know about uh, what are some ways um, kids uh, walk like atypically, you know, like like not exactly the way they should walk, such as like, um, you know, I like, I, I notice sometimes we can see uh, children in towing or toe walking, you know, on their little toes. So uh, what can be done or is something can be done in physiotherapy about those conditions?
1: For sure. Yeah, that exactly like you said, the in and the toe walking, those are about the two most common ones that we see. So the in is kind of that one that you'll see when kids are tripping, They trip over their own feet or they trip going up steps because their feet are turned in and they just kind they they lack the clearance to step over things. So this one is actually it's interesting because our body goes through phases with our development. So for certain times in their life, their their bones are actually turning in. And then as we get stronger and we put more force down as they get running and jumping and all of that fun stuff. They'll start to gradually turn back out but that doesn't happen until about 12 so they're going through all these phases of turning in and then a little bit out and then a little bit more out and that can cause some issues but we can ultimately find something that's going to help transition them quicker so that they're not tripping all the time um, a lot of times like we said earlier those janky crawl kids come in as in towers later so that's that like right from those torticollis babies, then their hips get tight and then they keep walking that way. Um, so those are the ones that in typically, it's a lot of hip and core stuff that's going on usually. So we can work through that kind of stuff by strengthening them and providing them more stability through their glutes. They can do a little bit more work for them. Um, toe walking is actually a whole other Thing. and I'm sure everybody listening has seen a toe walker in their life or has heard of a toe walker. Really, really common one and for a whole bunch of different reasons. So sometimes it can be sensory. So sometimes those kids just don't want to put their heels down because they don't like the feeling that it gives them. Or it's sometimes they go up on their toes to counterbalance that they don't have enough core. They're gripping everything in their muscles so they turn onto their toes so that they can try to hold on with their calves. They will support them while that's fine. They found a way to do it. We can see how then later if those muscles are super tight. Then we can't get our heel down to the ground. So that's why intervening early is important in this one, because if we wait till they're bigger, there's more distance between the ground. And that makes it harder for us to get them fully down. And we don't want to have to do anything where they have to go in and get some kind of surgery to lengthen them to get them down, we wanna be able to do that without having to go for any surgeries. Obviously we don't, we wanna limit that as much as we can, but that's some of the reasons that kids toe walk and that one's so, so common. Almost daily, we have someone in here that's a toe walker. So we can help by kind of finding what that problem is, if that was sensory or if that's a core imbalance. And then we can get to the bottom of it and use some things like exercise or some assistive devices and a ton of education for both parents and the kid to help them get on the right path with that one.
2: So for the two walkers, do you notice them as baby? Like when they're a little one, they start walking on their toes or it's a, it's, it's a bit of a later on um, things that we notice?
1: I'd say it's a bit of a later on. Sometimes you'll we'll see it early, um, but that doesn't mean they'll continue that sometimes during the early phases of walking they're they're trying to test it out see how that works how their body's moving um so kind of in those early phases we'll see changes happen pretty quick but typically we're seeing it more around about four five six they've started to walking and it's flagged mom or dad to say "Hmm, i don't think that's what it's supposed to look like and then they come in
2: okay Awesome. Becca, is there any other question you want to ask?
0: Um, I mean, I can have so many questions. I, yeah, I have worked with uh, some of the people on your team before, and I, I do know of the, the clinic. So um, I think, you know, toe walking is one I see often. Now, maybe a more question for me, because I was pointed out by a physio that I actually stand best with my toes about two or my heels um, two inches off the ground because it aligns my hip. Could that be a reason for kids too, if they have like hip issues or alignment um, that
1: is, is, you know, they're trying to balance because apparently that's what I do. Definitely. So a lot of those kids will, yeah, go up onto their toes to try to counteract because they often will lean far forward. And then when they go up on their toes, their body kind of centers them back out. Um, We do see it a lot in adults. I think it's interesting that we'll have mom and dad come in and bring in their toe walking, kiddo and they'll say oh you know what I was a toe walker too and we watch them leave and I'm like I think you're still a little bit of a <laughs> toe walker actually <laughs> or you live in heels like I do
0: in order yes. to you know because it's more comfortable for you
2: Becca that, that that's my be knees wrong. and
0: hips feel better if I if I am in about two inches up, up above um with my heels
1: yeah and that's actually it's interesting because we will do basically the same thing for kids is we'll put them in a heel lift Um, So that way it provides support. So if we can't bring them to the ground, we bring the ground to them. I was
0: hoping you'd say I should come into Playworks and get some physio. So much more fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to know there's options and it's good to know that um, there's always, um, um, there's always something that we can, uh, there's resources out there. And if we're curious, if we're not sure to reach reach
1: out. Is there any other conditions you want to talk about, Carly, today? Mm, I'm not sure if we have any other that I was thinking about. Um, We treat kind of everything here at Playworks. So, you know, we have kids zero to 18. So there's a ton of different conditions that we see day to day, growing pains, um, kind of sprains and strains, just injuries from things like monkey bars, or, you know, they're, they're playing at school that causes a lot of this. Um, But we also see conditions like cerebral palsy or Down syndrome or autism. We work a lot with those kiddos as well. So we see a bit of everything. Um, I think those are the most common ones that happen to kids that parents are like, okay, I noticed this and now we're seeking help. Um, But there's a ton of reasons to come in and kind of see. And if there are any questions or any concerns, there are the resources out there. And you guys are doing a great job at making those resources available to people and letting them know where they are and what they can do which is awesome so i think as long as you're listening to this podcast you'll find a resource somewhere
0: (laughs) thank you well um one one thing that i know that the clinic does that you know you don't have to have a problem first to see is um the concussion baseline testing right Mm -hmm. that kids will
1: come in for for that yeah we've been running a lot of that so that happens every year um before they can return to playing their sport we like to get a good baseline kids grow so fast we want to make sure it's up to date that way if they do happen to get a concussion we can help return them back to their sport safely without any fear that they're going to re injure themselves too quickly so the baseline is the best way for us to know if they're ready to go back or not without that baseline we're kind of guessing which might take longer for your kid to end up getting back to sport so we run those every year we've had tons and tons of them Um, they're super quick you're kind of in and out in 30 minutes we run you in and get all of the information that we need and you're on your merry way
2: so is it mainly for children that are playing uh, sports involving uh, lots of impacts or what are the key sports
1: yeah we see a lot of hockey and soccer Um, they're mandatory for most team sports that have contacts. So they'll require the kids to go in and get the baseline prior. So hockey and soccer were the two of, of last week's concussion baselines that we saw the most. So yeah, those contact sports, we want to make sure there are some that come in for like less contact, just in case, and there's no harm in having a baseline and then hopefully never needing it. We hope to never see these kids again when they leave. We hope to never have them come back for a concussion. We hope that everything runs well in their season and that they stay safe. But just in case, we have all these things in place.
2: I'm happy to hear that it is mandatory for some sports right now. This is music to my ears. (laughs) All right. Well, um, now we can find you on our panel of expert at parentalk.ca. Where else can we find you, uh, Darian?
1: For sure. So um, Playworks Physio has their Instagram account and Facebook account. So check both of those out because we post on there about our things we have going on, some courses that we run. And then for my personal Instagram, I have a physio account that is called Mamas and Motor Milestones on Instagram. So you can give me a follow there if you're interested. I post lots of pediatric related things, but also some stuff about moms. So I like to keep that a nice, fun space. So check it out if you're interested.
2: Awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. Becca and I would like to uh, thank you so much, uh, Darian, for, of course, taking the time to be here. And because you're bringing so much value to all of us parents, helping us grow and be the best parents we can be.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a blast chatting about this stuff. And hopefully we'll get to meet in person and have a little parent talk info session i'd love to hear more about what you guys do
2: awesome well for our listeners if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert please visit our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now on Parent Talk TV on YouTube. So of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast directly on our website at parenttalk.ca. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your own social media. So as we all know, parenting can be hard. Remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. So thank you everyone for joining us and have a great week. Bye!
1: The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.